Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Acts chapter 16 and let's look here in verse number 17. We had Brother Robert Madu in uh, on first Wednesday of, of the year. Anybody like Brother Robert Madu? I tell you what, what a prince of a preacher. He's a good man, too, good friend. Um, but he mentioned this, and when he, saw, when he said this, um, I, I saw something. Um, that I knew as soon as I saw it, I needed to teach on that at the beginning of this prayer conference. Acts chapter 16, in verse number 17. Uh, there was this girl who was following Paul and, and really just being a, a disruptance in the meetings. Um, and Paul said she was annoying them. Watch this, verse 17. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out saying, these men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. I like that uh, because it shows you there's hope for us. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever been greatly annoyed, Paul can relate to you. Uh, but watch this, being greatly annoyed, he turned and said to the Spirit, I've got that underlined and in parentheses. He turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very moment. Now, Paul's doing these meetings, and in the middle of doing these meetings, there is something coming up that is annoying him about a particular person. This person was a disruptance in all these meetings. And on the, the front side, it looks like it's a, a good thing. And I see this happen, especially all the time among charismatic circles. Uh, people will come in with the wrong spirit. And it looks like a good thing, but it's not. She's coming in saying, these people are the way of the Lord. Follow them. But it's not. It's the wrong spirit because it's taking attention off of them and the word that God's trying to share and putting the attention on them. Um, and out of that, things like this happen, and they need to be corrected. When attention comes on people versus on the Holy Spirit and the Word, things need to be corrected. And so out of this, this is annoying to Paul's flesh, and it's coming from a person. And I think most of us, when we see things that are annoying about people, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever seen anything annoying about people? Uh, annoying about a son or a daughter. It's like, I wish, fill in the blank. Uh, they would fill in the blank. Um, annoying about yourself. Have any of you ever been annoyed with yourself? Like something about you that is annoying, <laughs> annoying to you of like, I wish I would fix blank, see progress here. And so what do we go about doing? Well, we act like the rest of the world, people who don't know God, we deal with it only according to the flesh. And so they need correction, 
Or they need instruction, or we need to be more disciplined, or they need to pay more attention, or they need a five-week training course. And we approach things with only a fleshly perspective, that we will alter that with the flesh. Uh, But it's not the flesh that's really causing the problem. There's a spirit behind the flesh. I've said it this way for years. You can't medicate a demon. I don't care what, try to med- what kind of medicine you try to give it. You can't medicate a demon. <laughs> the only way to combat something spiritual is to beat it with something spiritual. And so with this thing that is annoying, Paul didn't deal with the girl. He dealt with the spirit that was behind the girl. And in dealing with the spirit that was behind the girl, he set the girl free. Now this is one of the things, not the only thing, prayer is many things, communion with the Lord, intimacy with the Father, love and devotion, fellowship with him where his plan can be revealed. Prayer is many things. But one of the things that it is, is dealing with things spiritually so that things can be altered naturally. And unless you deal with it spiritually, you'll never see that thing fully altered naturally because it's not natural. There's a spiritual hand, there's a spiritual force. This is the the term we'll use, and you'll see it all throughout the scriptures. You're going to get in your Bible a lot today, uh, if you want to. Um, But one of the things that the term is a spiritual darkness. And you'll see this. Um, You'll see a darkness come on people. You'll see a darkness come on a land. You'll see a darkness come up in a period of time. There are things that happen in this country. You see repetitive natures in it, cycles. Like multiple shootings at one time. Week after week. That's not just natural. Not everybody went crazy all at once. Um, And so we have things set up to deal with it in the natural, but God has placed his church in the earth to deal with the spirit. And we got to know what we're doing. And the reason why we see things not change the way they need to change is because in generations past, we knew we had people in the earth, a remnant, and God is raising up one yet, but there were remnants in the earth who knew how to get in prayer and stop this mess before it ever began, and then stop it when it did begin, just like this, so that it ceases and desists in Jesus' name. We'll let the world deal with it in the natural, but the church will deal with it in the spirit. But we've got to see behind these things that are annoying us, it's not just flesh. Now, it's flesh that that still needs to be trained uh, because it takes flesh to yield to these spiritual things. But it's not just flesh. There is something behind that. And that thing behind that needs to be dealt with through prayer. Paul said to the Spirit, He didn't say to the girl, he dealt with the spirit. He didn't deal with the girl, he didn't deal with the flesh, he dealt with the spirit, and in dealing with the spirit, did the flesh change? Yes, it did. So much so, it caused a world of issues Um, uh, for Paul. Um, But out of this, 
Uh, this is what I want to get at. Go over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Wonderful passage of Scripture. For my devotional this morning, I read the, the book of Ephesians. My mercy. You talk about good stuff. I almost didn't come to church. This, <laughs> it's wonderful. Ephesians 6 and verse number 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power or strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. It's not just life going crazy. It's an evil day. It's schemes of the devil. It's not just like, man, there's just so much resistance. What is this going on in my life? When life looks funny and when people look funny. Have you ever looked at somebody and be like, what's wrong with you? Like maybe you didn't say that, but you thought it. (laughs) You learned how to be sweet. You learned how to be Southern. Bless your heart. But you just look at and say, that's not you. Well, it's not just them. Man, this is not our country. This is not like blank. That's because it's not like blank. There's something behind it. Um, And he keeps building this point out. For our struggle, our verse 11 Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Why? Verse 12. For our struggle, I've got this underlined, put in parentheses, and starred. That's the truth. Our struggle is not. Say that with me. Say, is not. not. Say it again. I like it. You sounded so good. Say it again. Say, is not. For our struggle is not against our flesh. Our struggle is not against our... Paul has some flesh that is annoying. It is annoying him. What did Paul know? My struggle is not with this annoying flesh. Is not. My struggle is not. This annoying thing is not just me. It's not just me being undisciplined. It's not just them acting crazy. It's not just people all over, um, from, from from the south to the north to the east and the west, just deciding to go in random places and be violent. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Uh, it is not just you. It is not just people. We're dealing with something behind that. And the only people who will see this is the church. But most people, if you talk to most Christians, they have no clue about this. Because if they did, they'd pray a lot more. Um, But you know what we see even today? And this is something I'm trying to just like smack in the face at the start of this year. We see even Christians, when they want to see things be better, what do they try to do? 
Work, exactly. Fall back into works. Be more disciplined. Be more focused. Try to alter the flesh because the flesh is annoying. The flesh is struggling. The flesh is not producing what we want it to produce. So what will I do? I'll punish my flesh. I'll beat my flesh. I'll work out my flesh. Let me help you. It ain't just your flesh. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is against the rulers, against the powers, and against the world forces of this darkness. Of this darkness. Against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore... In other words, because of this, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. Notice it's not just a bad day, it's an evil day. In the evil day and having done everything to stand, stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having your your, uh, girded. Uh, your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Do you see this? What's happening to them? They're under spiritual attack. Uh, Just like somebody being in war and there's bullets flying overhead and somebody taking cover and like you see people acting differently when they're under attack. Um, And you see people in your life, in our nation, your sons, your daughters, your husband, your wife, your father, your mother, you see them acting differently. Like what has gotten into them? It ain't just them. There are schemes of the enemy. There are evil days. You remember Jesus in in the, the moment of temptation? In the, gar- uh, in the wilderness, when he's resisting temptation, it said that Satan departed him for a season. And in a season, you see more intense temptation. More intense, like the, the enemy trying to take Jesus' life off track. More, a, a more intense season, an evil day, a more intense season where there is not just natural warfare with the flesh, but a spiritual warfare that is showing up in the natural. And what Paul is saying here is God wants you all dressed up. And what's he want you dressed up in? Stuff for war. You got a shield of faith. You got a breastplate of righteousness. You got a helmet of salvation. He keeps going here. Watch what he says here in verse number uh, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and watch verse 18. And with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the who. Saints, not just the world, but do you see how he's saying it's the saints who are under spiritual attack too? It's the saints who the enemy is trying to throw these darts at coming against their lives. It's the saints who are going through evil days. And he says, when you see saints going through these evil days, you got to understand God dressed you up. And when I tell Peppy Sims to dress up, I don't get her all dressed. She would, you know how upset Peppy Sims would be mad at me if I got her all dressed up and didn't give her any place to go. 
Like, we ain't, we ain't going it. We're actually staying in the house tonight, baby. You know, that type of thing. It's like, no, we better be going somewhere. And God's not getting you all dressed up for you to sit and do nothing. God's getting you dressed up for war. God's getting you dressed up to pull down some strongholds. God's getting you dressed up to go to war, to go to your prayer closet. You have all these things. Why? Not just so you can say, I got a breastplate of righteousness. I got a helmet of salvation. No, you got all those things so you can go to war in prayer and begin to tell the devil, you're not having my son. You're not having my daughter. You're not having my emotions. You're not having my nation. No, in the name of Jesus and with the word of the spirit of God, I resist you in Jesus name. This is prayer. But so many Christians, when's the last time you have taken your authority and just stood up and spoke to the Spirit? When's the last time, oh, come on, when's the last time you stopped getting annoyed with your flesh and started speaking to the Spirit that has taken your flesh off course? For the weapons of our warfare are not natural they are spiritual and mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds he says and Paul said this there are things in your life that have a stronghold on you there are things in our nation that have a stronghold on the nation there are things in the lives of your family members it's got a stronghold on them stronghold on a city stronghold on a church stronghold on a business it won't let it go and he knows Paul knew because the the more things change the more things stay the same Paul knew that when we find these things that have strongholds what do we tend to do we tend to get more natural and we try to outflash the spirit and it's not just a spirit it's a stronghold it's a force behind it. Go, go back up and read it uh, in verse number 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against spiritual forces of this darkness, of this darkness, and against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Go, go over to Second mm, Corinthians chapter 4, right next door. We'll come back to Ephesians. Second Corinthians 4, and let's start in verse number 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Watch this, verse 3. And if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world, underline that, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the image of God. 
For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and as ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light will shine out of darkness. Light will shine out of darkness. Do you see, once again, he's saying that for so many people in the world, they are not just governed by themselves. They are blinded by the enemy's deception and they're dwelling in darkness. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against a force of darkness. And this force of darkness, it is in our world. And it blinds the eyes of people so they keep walking in this darkness. And it's our job as Christians for ourselves, our family members, and our world to be people of prayer who do what? Bring in the light. That now they can see exactly what they need to change. They can see exactly what they need to do. This is literally all throughout Scripture. Go back over to Ephesians. You are in there, uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, go over to Ephesians again. And watch this in chapter 2. Ephesians 2 and verse number 1. And you who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of the world. Watch this. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. Of the spirit that, underline it, highlight it, star it. That is what? Now. Not was. Now. That is now, watch this, working in the sons of disobedience. Why are people acting the way that they're acting? The God of this world has blinded their eyes and kept them in darkness. Why are people acting the way they're acting? Is it just their flesh? Nope. The prince of the power of the air is working in them a spirit of disobedience. Right now, he is at work. I want you to think about people in your life who are getting off track. It's not just them being undisciplined. It's not just them being careless. It's not just them being mean. They're being influenced. Not just by things in the natural, but they're being influenced by the prince of the power of the air. He is now working in the lives of those who are disobedient. And, and through working in this darkness in their lives, what do we see? We see them getting further and further off track. Which, when we see that, getting further and further off track, what do we do? Do we confront it just in the natural? No. Do we talk about them to others? Do we sit at a coffee table and just start talking? Can you believe how much they're getting off track? I cannot believe they're acting that way. I tell you what, if they don't change something quick, whoo, I tell you, I don't know what will happen to them. No. We put on the full armor of God. And when we see them going off track, we know it ain't just something annoying our flesh. We know there's something working behind that. There's an influence working behind that. And we've got an answer for it. It is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
and we begin to pray and we begin to speak life to them. We begin to speak light into that darkness that the eyes of their understanding are enlightened and they see what is the hope of their calling. We begin to turn on the light spiritually. We begin to rebuke those spirits that are at work in those lives and we begin to see change happen. We deal with something in the spirit and then we see it line up in the natural. It's not just natural for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the spirit of disobedience, which is now at work in the lives of others. Uh, But watch this, and we're going to see something play out here, uh, just even in our own lives. The spirit of disobedience that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them too, we all, me and you, formerly lived in the lust of our flesh indulging in the desires of the flesh and mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even at rest. So, so do you see the indulging of the desires of the flesh and mind and its connection to the spirit that is at work in the air with the sons of disobedience? So when the, the spirit of disobedience is at work in the earth, it's a spiritual force impacting them, what do you see people doing more of? Yielding to the desires of their flesh and mind. So when you see yourself and you see others yielding more to the desires of the flesh and the mind, my mind desires it, I want it, I'm not even slowing down and I'm eating it, I'm watching it, I'm around it. This is even true with food. Uh, What do you see, Jesus? First temptation, what? Food. Um, First temptation in the garden, what was it? Food. He will use, Satan is crafty. If you think you see him, you don't. He will use anything he can to take your life off track. But when you find yourself or someone else giving into the desires of their flesh and mind quickly and easily, is it just you and them? Nope. There is a spirit of disobedience that is working in the earth that needs to be dealt with spiritually. Uh, And so he keeps going here and building this out, indulging the desires of the flesh and mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as the rest. But God being rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even as we were dead in our trespasses, has made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Amen. Well, somebody says, well, okay, so for the world, I see people who are governed by darkness giving into the desires of their their mind and heart. What about me? We've been transformed out of the kingdom of darkness and into the, the kingdom of light. You're exactly right. Your spirit is made born again by Jesus Christ. You have been called with the spirit of adoption. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Amen. So spiritually, you're free. But naturally and mentally, if you begin to associate with darkness and you get around darkness, that darkness will begin to lord over you. And you're going to see it through Scripture. Don't believe it because I told it to you. We're going to see it in Scripture. You don't know what you're fellowshipping with when you watch that. You don't know what you're fellowshipping with. When you listen to that, you've heard me say this before. Years ago, I was listening to something. I tell my kids, you know, these kinds of things too. Um, You know, I'm like, listen to the lyrics of songs. Listen to the lyrics of songs. 
And so I found a song that I liked. I was looking at the lyrics, and I'm like, it's good. There's nothing wrong there in the lyrics. And as I'm listening to it, the Holy Spirit arrested me. And he said, you need to change that. I said, but the lyrics are fine. He said, the lyrics may be fine, but you don't know the spirit they were under when they wrote it. You're not... The more carnal we are, like the world, the more we think like the world. The more spiritual you are, though, the more you see the spirit behind the people. And out of this, as Christians, we are called to not fellowship with darkness. Because whatever you fellowship with grows in connection. If I sit and, and I have intimate talks with Luke, Pastor Luke, if I sit down and we just start fellowshipping with each other, talking with each other, listening to each other, I know his hopes, dreams, wishes, wants, desires. I fellowship more and more with Pastor Luke. What's going to happen to our connection? It's going to grow. What's going to happen to our influence with each other? It's going to grow. What's going to happen to the, the love we have for each other, the bond we have to each other? It's going to grow. The more you fellowship, the stronger the connection gets. And when I fellowship with darkness, I invite a connection to it. And what is in it will get on me. You fellowship, you, I've seen it with my kids. Uh, one in particular when they were younger. I saw one wrong connection and I could see a darkness coming against my daughter. And I, I, told, I told my wife, and, and, I, and I'll say it today, I looked at that and I said, I see you. And I wasn't talking about my daughter. And I'm not intimidated. I know exactly what to do with you. I got a helmet of salvation. I got a breastplate of righteousness. I got a shield of faith. And I got a sword of the Spirit. Amen. And we had to make sure, but we also had to break the connection. If you knew what you were fellowshipping with, you'd stop. And so we've got to examine these things. Watch what, what, what Paul said just in Ephesians. I've got to close. I don't have to close. <laughs> Ephesians. As always, you can leave. <laughs> Ephesians 4. Verse 17. So this I say, Paul said, and affirm together with the Lord. Watch this. That you walk no longer as the Gentiles walked in the futility of their mind. Watch this. Watch this. Watch. Being darkened. That you walk no longer as the world walks. Why? Being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God. Because the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality, for the practice of every kind of impurity and greediness. Now notice, if you are practicing things you don't want to do, what has happened? I fellowship with darkness, and it has hardened my heart, 
and my heart has become callous. I don't feel it anymore. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me to watch it. It doesn't bother me to look at it. Why? The more you fellowship with it, the more your connection grew with it. And when your connection grows with it, you don't want to give it up. You got a good friend you got a connection with, you don't want to lose it. You fellowship with it so long, it's got a strong hold on you. Well, what's it there for? It's there to callous you. It's there to darken your understanding where you don't see God's plan. You don't see God's path. But more than that, or not just more than that, added to that, because that's actually better. But added to that, you don't see the influence of the enemy. Do you remember Jesus talking to Peter and the disciples? And he's saying, I've got to go to the cross. I'm going to have to do these things. He's talking about God's plan for his life. And as he's saying that, what does Peter say? Lord, be it far from you. And what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. He knew who he was fellowshipping with. And it wasn't Peter. And Peter didn't even know he was under the influence. But Jesus, being a spiritual man, had eyes that saw, ears that could hear, and a heart that could understand. And he saw in that moment, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to the spirit that's behind you. And Peter here loved the Lord. But just because you love, and I'm not talking about possession. There's a big difference between demonic possession and demonic influence. Influence is every, it's in the air. The prince of the power of the air. It influences people. It influences things. And Peter is under the influence, trying to take Jesus. He's not trying to. The spirit behind him, behind that conversation, was trying to take his life off track. Years ago, when I went to to Bible school, I was there and, you know, getting ready to come back and take over the church. And while I was at Bible school, there was a a friendship that I developed uh, that several people had even had dreams telling me I didn't need that friendship. But, you you know, of course, when you're young, you think you know everything. And uh, out of that, I can remember being young. I'm still young. Um, But out of that... Um, I didn't see it. And it wasn't that I was bad. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But one day we're talking, and I'm going, me and this friend, we're talking, and I'm, I'm telling them, you know, I'm going to go back home, and I'm going to take over this church, talking about the future. And they said, you know you don't have to do that, Right? And as soon as they said it, I had eyes that saw, I had ears that heard, and I had a heart that understood. This is trying to take me off path. And you know why I saw that? People praying for me. You remember what Jesus told Peter? Satan desires to have you, 
that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fell not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. And you see Peter go through where if you, if you didn't see the spirit and you looked at the natural, you would just think, Peter's so lazy, sleeping while he's supposed to be praying. Uh, you know, just out there, the Lord told him twice, like, wake up and pray that you enter not into temptation. Like, and then he's denying Jesus by campfire, talking to little girls, like, I don't know him. And, and you're, you're seeing his worst. And you would look at Peter and just think, man, I tell you what, he's got to get, to get his act together. It wasn't just him. There was a spirit trying to take his call, trying to take his ministry, trying to take his anointing, trying to take his life off track. And thank God, Peter had somebody in his life by the name of Jesus who said, I see it's not just you being lazy. I see it's not just you being hard-hearted. I see it's not just you who's annoying me. I see that there's a spirit trying to sift you. And I'm telling you right now, I got my shield of faith. I got my sword of the spirit. I got my helmet of salvation. And I'm I'm going to war for your life. I'm going to war for your call. And because Jesus dealt with the Spirit, he saw Peter walk free in the natural and on the day of Pentecost be a bold witness for him. But it wouldn't have happened if somebody didn't know how to get in the Spirit and deal with the spiritual thing that was affecting the natural thing. The spiritual thing that was affecting the natural thing. It's not just natural. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. And so out of this, here we see Paul exhorting us, do not fellowship with this darkness. Becoming callous. Verse 20, you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth in Jesus that is in reference to your former manner of life, lay aside the old self, which being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, created in righteousness and holiness, therefore laying aside falsehood, speak truth one with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 27. And give the devil no opportunity. He's talking to believers here. And he said, look, you were called out of darkness. And you were put into the kingdom of light. So he said, do not walk like those who are still in darkness and begin yielding yourself over to that darkness. It'll callous your heart. It'll come into a place where these desires and things come back into your mind. And you'll have this place where you are giving place to something spiritual that is going to take your life off course, just like it's taking the sons of disobedience life off course. If you knew what you were fellowshipping with, you would stop. Give no place to the devil. Take off that old man and put on the new. And so there are in times in our lives where we have fellowshiped with things, been around things, where now, like Peter, we're good people. But there's an influence there that needs to be dealt with spiritually. And we say, no darkness, you will not come nigh me. I see you. It keeps going here. Let's just keep reading. Uh, verse 29, let no unwholesome uh, word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word which is good for edification. Notice our words matter. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God 
Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put from you. Be kind from one another. Notice, not callous, not hard-hearted, tender-hearted. Chapter 5, how many of you know the words are anointed, the numbers are not? We added the numbers to make it easier. But he's continuing the thought. Therefore, be imitators of God. Walk in love, verse 2, just as Christ loved you. Verse 3, but immorality, impurity, greed, it must not even be named among you. Verse 4, there's no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting. They're not fitting, but rather giving of things. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an adulterer has an inheritance, meaning receive from. And when you get an inheritance, when my father died, I got an inheritance. I received from him. Now he was in my life, but the inheritance allowed me to receive from him. And do you see how Paul is trying to take these people and put them in a position where they can receive from God and not the prince of the power of the air? Receive from the light and not receive from the darkness. He's saying that out of this has an inheritance with the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Watch this, verse 8. For you were formerly in darkness... But now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful to even speak of the things which are done in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible by light, for it is reason, awake sleeper, awake sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, but be ye being filled with the Spirit. Do, do you see how Paul is saying that the same darkness that the world often walks in, and that when you see them doing things they shouldn't do, it's not just them, it's the Spirit. He is coming back and he is telling Christians, you have a choice to fellowship with the light or the darkness. If you fellowship with the light, you'll be tenderhearted. You won't grieve the Holy Spirit. You'll awake from your sleep. You'll begin to see life as it really is. The things of the Spirit will be open to you. The things of the Spirit will be real to you. Or you can walk like you walked before Jesus. And out of that, fellowship with the darkness, and your heart can become callous, your heart can become hard, and you begin to miss what God has for you. You're not seeing the will of the Lord. Why? You're dwelling in darkness. What prayer does is it goes to war and wrestles against those things that would try to stop people from seeing the light and yourself. Uh, we come to this place where we, we'll, I'll close with this. I'll, I'll read the scripture and then we'll, we'll um, um, tell you a story and let you go. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Do you remember when Daniel was praying for 21 days? He was praying, seeing no answer. 
And finally, an angel appeared to him. And when the angel appeared to him, he said, from the day you began praying, God sent me for your words, and I have come for your words. But he said, the reason why I haven't gotten to you sooner is that there was a spirit of the air over this city that wrestled with me. And God had to send spiritual backup. Go read it. Book of Daniel. Believe chapter 7. God ha- or chapter 10. God had to send spiritual backup. And God sent uh, Michael, the archangel, to begin wrestling with this spirit. And this nation that Daniel was in, you look at it and see an ungodly nation. But behind the ungodly nation was an ungodly spirit. And so you weren't just dealing with the nation. You were dealing with the spirit behind the nation. You're not just dealing with the man. You're dealing with the spirit behind the man. Um, There's something there at work. Uh, And when you see things that are not like you, it's not just you. When you see things that are not like others, it's not just others. There's an influence there. And we've got to deal with it spiritually. Watch what Paul says here, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We don't just rise and slay and be more disciplined. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of of fortresses or strongholds. Uh, Brother Hagen told this story. I was listening to it on one of his messages. And uh, he said years ago, he was praying and just woke up, you know, doing a morning devotional. And in prayer, uh, the Lord spoke to him and told him his daughter, Pat, Pat Harrison's her name now. Um, she had been dating this guy by the name of Buddy. And Buddy was, you know, a little rough around the edges. You ever met anyone a little rough around the edges? You know, naturally, when your children begin to date people, especially when they're older and you can't control those things, um, you get concerned. And Brother Hagen was concerned about who his daughter was dating. And the Holy Spirit told him in prayer. He said, Pat and Buddy went off and got married yesterday. Well, you can imagine the alarm that would kind of go off in your heart. There's a reason why they didn't tell anybody. But the Holy Spirit said to him, It's okay, though, because uh, Buddy will be okay for Pat. Then he said, Kenneth's been seeing this blonde. <laughs> that was his son. He said, Kenneth's been seeing this blonde, and you need to tell Kenneth he needs to drop her. She's no good for him. Uh, how many of you know there are some people who are good, but not for you? Amen. And so he said a couple hours later, his phone rang, and it was his son, Ken. He's like, Dad, I got some news for you. He said, I know. He's like, what do you know? He said, Pat ran off and got married last night. He said, how'd you know that? He said, I was praying this morning and the Lord showed me. He said, it'll be okay. The Holy Spirit said, 
he'll be okay for Pat. He said, but for you, that blonde you've been seeing, <laughs> you need to drop her. He said, I know, I'm already doing it. He said, I'm, I'm working on it. And of course he did, married Miss Lynette, a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, but out of this, um, Buddy struggled. And Brother Hagen told this openly. This was not a story told in private. He told this openly. Buddy struggled. Struggled to hold down a job. He was saved, spirit-filled, but struggled. Struggled holding down a job. He said every six months, he'd be out of a job. And they started a family. And of course, as a father, you want to help and you want to see them do well. And they're not doing well. They're struggling. And in the natural, like I said, we would look at that and be like, man, they just need to be more disciplined. He needs to get his act together. And so um, he said, you know, you, you'd look at those things and just want them to do better. He said, Brother Hagin said, I actually helped buy him a house. You know, you do what you can for the people that you love. But because of mismanaging funds, they lost the house. And he said it was concerning to me. Of course it would be. And one day, Brother Hagin said, I was praying. And in prayer, um, the Lord showed me uh, Buddy walking down the sidewalk. And he said it was a big sidewalk. And behind him were three spirits. And he said, Buddy would be walking and these things be following him. I'm not talking about possession. I'm talking about influence. The prince of the power of the air. For we wrestle not. We, not the world, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness. Whatever's bound on earth will be bound in heaven. That's not talking about heaven, heaven, heaven. There's nothing to be bound in heaven. That's talking about the earth, like the heavens, the high places. We have authority. And so he said, I saw him walking, and there were three spirits that would follow him. And he didn't say what the spirits were, but they each represented something, things that he would yield to. The spirit of disobedience, what will it do? Yielding to the desires of the mind. How does Satan attack us? Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Throw yourself off here. The Lord will catch you. And so these thoughts would come from these spirits. And out of that, he said, one on this end would, would get him, and he'd turn around and look at it and be like, no, I'm walking straight. And another one on this side would kind of pull, and he'd look at it and just walk straight, you know, pull back around. But then that third one would come and grab him, and he'd turn all the way around. And he said, that's when he gets off track. He said he would get so off track, he said, I hired him to help with music. You know, if you can't work anywhere else, I'll hire you. And he said, I'd go on the road. At this time, Brother Hagin was on the road. And he'd come back, and he said, when he left, you know, he was leading worship. When he'd come back, he had quit, and he'd, he'd be smoking a cigar and would just blow the smoke in Brother Hagin's face. <laughs> and he said, when he turned all the way around in that vision, that's what it was leading to. See, those things can be in your life, 
but not be, you not be influenced by them. You can put up a point of resistance, even naturally. People can put up a point of resistance. But when people get weak naturally from continual resistance, the flesh will get weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And for a period of time, the flesh can resist the resistance. But then there comes a time it can't, and it's back in the mess. It's back in the pigsty. And so he said, well, what do I do about it? Ephesians 6. The Lord said, I want you to take authority over those spirits in Buddy's life. I want you to wrestle with that. I want you to come against that stronghold. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. That basically, just as Jesus went to war for Peter, we got to go to war for the people we love. We got to go to war for ourselves and for the destiny God has for us. Amen. And so he did. He took it up and he said, man, I wrestled. I wrestled against those things. But he said, it changed my perspective because I didn't just see it in the natural. I saw it in the spirit. I knew it wasn't just them. There was something behind it. And he said, when that thing broke, man, buddy, just flourished. They started a church and a ministry, Harrison House Publications. You ever heard of Harrison House? That's from Buddy and Pat Harrison. Harrison House Ministries published books all over the world. Mighty blessing for God's kingdom. Mighty blessing for the kingdom of God. Amen. But intercession was made. Now, what, what happens even in the lives of those that we love when we're praying for them? We weaken that influence. You wrestle with something, you, it gets weaker. <laughs> for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You wrestle with something, it gets weaker. I, I'll wrestle with my sons. They'll wear me out. I lose strength. It gets weaker. So it doesn't have as strong of a hold. Now, they will still have to resist it. And they will have to come to a place where they make a decision. I'm done with this. But you can come in and weaken that influence in their life. And if they succumb to it, like Peter and Jesus, you can get a way back. You can cause them to go on a way back where they see the path back. His word is a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. And they see the way back. Amen. But how many of you see, we got to pray for ourselves. We got to pray for those we love. How many, this is why we pray for leaders and those who are in authority. We, we've got to be a people who pray. We've got to be a people who will pray for people and not complain about people. Pray for government instead of complaining about government. Pray for presidents instead of complaining about presidents. No, the only thing that shines the light is prayer. And out of this, if we will get over in the spirit and deal with these things spiritually, we can see things. We can and we will see things change naturally. We will see things change naturally because we will deal with it spiritually. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Worship team, you can come back up. Let's pray just for a minute. Uh, I felt like I needed to teach a little bit longer this morning so that we could pray more effective the rest of the week. Uh, but let's, let's just yield to the Spirit, and let's just pray today and worship a little bit. Father, we come before you, 
And we thank you. We have a name above every other name. We have a power that's above every other power. We have an authority that's above every other authority. We have an influence that's above every other influence. And right now, Father, we speak over ourselves. We speak over our families. We speak over our sons. We speak over our daughters. We speak over our loved ones. And we say the light of God's kingdom is shining upon you in Jesus' name. The light is shining upon you in Jesus' name. You're walking in the light now. You're walking in the light now. You're walking in the light now in Jesus' name. Just declare it over somebody. The Holy Spirit will bring somebody to your remembrance. Bring somebody to your mind. You're walking in the light now in Jesus' name. Satan will not have you. You're walking in the light now. You're walking in the light now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Crooked places be made straight. High places be made low. Low places be made high. Oh, walk out God's plan. Walk out God's path. Walk out God's desire in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No, you will not have them any longer. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You're free now. In Jesus' name. You are free now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.